Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, because as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Burnley, Olympiacos, Spurs, and Olympiacos yeah. once again. We, we, we discussed two games we played and two games we're going to play. First game was up against Burnley. Sean Dyke's side, you know, coming off a good draw against Leicester. Arsenal seemed to be in good spirits of the beating Leicester. And, you know, coming to the game, I actually felt really confident for once in a Premier League game. I mean, you know, leading up to the game, as we will now progress with the uh, review, another game, you know, another opportunity missed, because, look, we want to also do this whole climbing up the league. But it seems like, you know, we, we went into this game, also, like, uh, as a fan also, I mean, I don't know, you, as you know, I mentioned, sorry to say, um, with a, uh, you know, really positive and, and thinking, you know, we can now be uh, almost like bold on, the previous result now against Leicester, and because now you think you know we're going to finally build some momentum because everything is almost like stop start with us at the moment. But I mean, like when you look at the league form since February, like say start of February to now, I mean we've like won two games and we've lost three. So it's almost like every time we're trying to think, okay, can we now? You know, have we turned the corner? Then there's almost like a little stumbling block, and that and, and every time you can see, it's, it's, I think you also were saying a few weeks back. It's almost like we're always just taking that, that few steps back. It's not like you're taking like a big jump forward. It's like you're taking like maybe a step forward, but you're almost like falling about two to three steps back. Yeah, I know. And I mean, it, it's so sad when you see like, you know, your opposite, not sad, but disappointing actually, when you see how your so-called competitors for that top four spot, not saying that realistically, you know, we're going to take it and we should be taking it. But are they dropping points and throwing points away? And you're like, okay, Arsenal, you know, you're up next. Or, you know, put the pressure on them, you know, get get the result and we take it from there. But just so many times, you know, Arsenal are not taking the advantage of the situation. And, and, and if you look at the things over time, it's not like we didn't dominate some games. Some games we played the teams off the park. Wolves for one. You know, it, it took a moment of madness and down to 10 men. Obviously, VAR also was a bit difficult. But, I mean, that, that for me, that was three points lost. You could have been three points higher up the table. And, I mean, look, we've now, uh, like, with, with regards to the game now, Arsenal made five changes from the the team that beat Leicester. So, the squad on the day was Leno, Chambers, Kamedi's return after easily something like a year, like for in the Premier League now. Uh, David Luiz, Pablo Marie, and Kieran Tierney at left back. Then in the middle of the park, Jaka and Party with the holding mids. And then in the that cam roles were Saka, Odegaard, and William, and Aubameyang leading the front line. What was your thoughts on the squad going in? Uh, you know, I, I just don't know what, what, what Laka said he still drew to uh, get a start. I think mm-hmm. he, his performance against... Um, Leicester for me wanted a, a start, and I'm just curious. I don't know if there's some some beef with him and 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 Arteta. I'm not sure, but I mean, he, he he for me did really well against Leicester. And was a difference maker in terms of his hold-up play. Something Aubameyang lacked, and I think I mentioned it last week in the podcast. But you know, nonetheless, uh, I'm sure also one eye was on going to play in Greece. And I, I think we started off quite well and very positively. Yeah. And I mean, look, the game kicks off. Arsenal are, you know, bossing it. It's like, you know, real free-flowing football with tempo this time because normally, you know, it gets kind of pedestrian. Um, Odegaard, in, as I think in the fourth minute, he has a, a shot in the box 
which uh, or across the box, which you might read, just uh, miss, like to make a full contact. Then in the sixth minute, finally the breakthrough, Aubameyang goes into the Burnley box in a, you know, on a amazing run. And I mean, it's like the deja vu moment of that game against Leeds at the Emirates where he's running on goal and he already does this like kind of slalom and the little step overs constantly. And I mean, with, with Burnley guys not really committing themselves to the tackle, he then ends up getting, offering himself that little bit of space. And I mean, he ends up firing to beat uh, Nick Pope on his near post. And I mean, as the keeper manages to get her into the ball, but I mean, the shots are powerful. Why not Arsenal? Yeah, Arsenal looked firmly in control at this point. I mean, for most of the, like, you know, even from that point on in the first half, it just, we just couldn't find the second goal. And I think, you know, a, a glorious chance fouled to Bukayo Saka when he played, you know, nice interplay. And, you know, um, he got a bit of a luck of the draw with the ball ricochet of the Burnley defender. And I think he, he should have slotted that in quite easily, but he fired it wide enough thinking, and if he had to put that in to make it 2-0, you know, the game's kind of comfortable. And as you mentioned, always of that invincible side that, you know, puts the game to bed in the first 10 to 15 minutes already. You're looking at the battle, staying down the battle of defeat already. And I mean, that, uh, what was also frustrating was, look, you know, this sort of game, uh, what you not just mentioned also that, you know, that what we were talking about prior in pods, is like, you know, you try to put the team to the sword as soon as you can. Did you know? Yeah. It was like easing it up. But I mean, we were getting chance after chance. And I mean, you were now just mentioning one. Um, that was that the Saka one you were mentioning? Was yes, Obama? yes, yes. The Saka, the Saka one. There was also one where Obama ended up yes. know, roughing his lines there. And then, of course, there was also one where Odegaard lays a perfect baller for Thomas Party. I think a cool lay. Yeah, yes, and, yes. And I mean, he ends up beating almost like rugby shots there. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, for me, it was like, I, I mean, I don't know how you t- took it now, like, as watching. I mean, I know you were probably getting pissed and whatever, but did you also see that that sort of cockiness and nonchalant attitude coming in? Because for me, what I don't get is, you'll see, say, Man City or, say, Liverpool, or like an unformed Liverpool or Chelsea, you see them going in cruise control when they got the goals in the bag. We, like, yes. one, I mean, you spoke about this last season, I think you and I even had a laugh about it. It's like we got this one now, and then we want to do like little tricks, flicks, and whatever. And we thinking, you know, we got everything. And I mean, it just takes one blunder to screw up everything. And boy, are we full of blunders at the moment. Oh, yes, 39th minute. Uh, Ben Leno, please. I don't know what he was number one. That already starts the whole shit show going. He ends up playing. I mean, what I don't get is okay, I know. Uh, look, as we said, Jaka uh, is going to get like the flack, the majority of the flack, I'm sure, by most of the gooners also. But I mean, Leno is almost like bringing that sort of pressure onto because he's like got the best view. Look, Jaka has got his back to like, the Burnley players. And I mean, uh, and I don't think Jaka really has it. I mean, if you can recall, or the listeners can also recall, when Seska then used to play, they would, I don't know if you can now remember this, Aiden, but he would always take a quick, before he even gets a pass, yes. already glancing left and right of him to see. Yes, exactly that. The ball. And, I, I mean, Xhaka gets the ball, and by the time he gets, you know, almost like surrounded by the Burnley guys, he ends up just doing like a panic pass, and I mean, it ends up beating Chris <laughs> Wood. I mean, it bounces off his hip and goes in past, you know, 1-1. I was in disbelief seeing that, and I mean, you know, it's for me also. I know Xhaka gets a lot of the play, but I mean, Leno can see the yeah. pressure on Xhaka, yeah. and the pass is not on. 
boot the ball upfield. I mean, yes, it is Arsenal's MO at the moment to to play at the from the back play play out from the back. But I mean, sometimes common sense prevails, and I'm not sure if if Leno's the type that's you know he's very strict to listen to instructions. You know, he doesn't seem maybe to to use initiative. Maybe he just decides oh, I must listen to the coach. Like your know, coach says, do this, do this. So. You know, I actually felt almost like embarrassed also for that Chris Wood guy because did you notice he didn't even know how to celebrate? He just stood there like, uh, what? Do I put my hand up in the air now to go, like, to claim the goal? Yeah, it was ridiculous. And Shaka as well, like you said, typical, like, you know, not um, looking around him. And he tries to, he, and he sees Chris Wood there. I mean, if you watch it, he looks up at Chris Wood and he tries to curl the ball around him with his weaker foot. Yeah. He's not right footed, but he tries to curl the ball with his right foot. And I mean, you know, he kicks it like he said into him, and and one one we go just before half time, and suddenly the wind is knocked out of Arsenal's sails, probably dominating a game. Exactly the same mo against Wolves happened, and you know, you you you're throwing points away yeah. against against teams that I'm not saying that it's not deserving of points, but I mean, Burnley at the moment is not in the best way of form. They got hammered four 0 to Spurs. And even the commentator I didn't even recall saying is like, you know, Burnley played the same type of game against Spurs and they got punished and you know it all takes Arsenal just to to add a goal or two and then this game will be put to bed. But you know, Arsenal the gift of the givers at the moment, gifting a, a goal to Burnley. Yeah, so for the second minute that Arsenal, you know, kind of... It's still in disarray because, I mean, you know, it's already dented that sort of morale as a group. I mean, uh, Vidra then ends up getting the ball, you know, he gets behind the Arsenal defence. Leno then pulls off a, a top save to, you know, deny uh, Vidra. But, I mean, again, an awkward way to end the half in a game that we were controlling. No, definitely. And this is a comedy of errors all around. I mean, just boot the ball up the pitch and then now you, 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 you gave away... Uh... A, a solid lead in a game. You are cruising, put the goals away, and then you can try those fancy things at at three nil up. If that had happened, I'm sure that, that uh, you yeah. and I would have been just having a chat, like you know what was happening over there. But you know, we, we we take the result. But I mean, you know, Arsenal came out in the second half very flat and pretty much you know wasted the majority of the the opening stage of the second half until for me, you know, they they actually um, brought Nicola Pepe on because up until that point. You know, Burnley seemed to have in you know shifted a gear from the first half. Yeah, I mean they were not just dealing with whatever was being thrown their way, and I mean it was the seventy fourth minute. We then end up getting a, a VAR like a penalty. Uh, I mean, sorry, that where the ball ends up crashing against the the end of the the thing. Eric Peters, and I mean it's a, as blatant as you can get. I mean, if yes. If you think balls are dropping on people's hands and, and <laughs> penalties, this time, oh yeah, sorry if you guys can hear it's actually storming outside, so you might hear some, you know, background audio sounds. Um, but yeah, what else is now wanting to say? It's a bla- as blatant as you can get, and I mean, I don't know how many pundits even after the game post match were saying. I mean, you got all that sort of technology, and still the guys getting it wrong in that offer in that in that little room. That's uh reviewing all this footage. And I mean, the ref don't even double-check it either. I, I was really pissed off at that because how is that not the penalty? I mean, John, um, Eric Peters' arm was not in a natural yeah. position. That was not a natural position. That was a clear and stonewall penalty. And I'm not sure why they never called the ref to the screen 
why like for situation like that don't you think logical is ask the ref you know that is a contentious decision um I, look i watch la liga as well now on a regular basis and i also watch um what is bundesliga and yeah. all of them all the officials they are always checking the the screen themselves they're not just taking the word of the guy in that that little office or that little room they go check themselves and i mean i just find it in, in the premier league for a league that, that brags and boasts about you know the sort of money they can raise for the league and how much the rights are sold for and that and you can't even get decisions like that right no, that's uh, absolutely pathetic. I mean, I would have been fine if that ref went to the screen and had a look and said, you know, I still stick with my on-field decision or, you know, I feel that he... Because he stopped Pepe. Pepe would have gotten past him and that really could have been a goal-scoring opportunity. I mean, if you... I, I, mean, I can just now, off the top of my head, now I can speak about... That's the whole thing with David Luiz where he gets the red and the... the yes. ...the game. That whole thing also gets overturned, and that guy gets off scot free. Uh, I think it was at Southampton game, I think. Yeah. And then you go back to the other one where we played Aston Villa. Conza takes down a player, gets sent, uh, gets sent, or um, uh, should have been sent off. Yeah. Even though some people say, "Oh yeah, it was way too far, like from the goal." But I mean, there was like one guy covering defender, and I mean, he wasn't even close to like being an actual what we would call a covering defender. Then, like a few weeks later, Sheffield United play Aston Villa. Jaglielka takes a guy down, same situation, about, you know, just about, say, 10 or 20 feet in the Sheffield United half, same t- sort of t- tackle. He gets a straight red against Aston Villa, and I mean, yeah, they get off scot free like that. So, it's, I mean, for me, it's bullshit the way they, they, the certain decisions are being made. That's why I could, I'd rather than go without VAR. Than if, yeah, I'm also without VAR. I mean, yes, you're going to get decisions against you, but... I, I don't know if I'm just being biased as an Arsenal fan, but I've I've seen so many very odd decisions go against us time yeah. in and time out. Like whether they're looking at it or they're not looking at it. Callum Chambers was against Crystal Palace where they sandwiched him and then they said, no, it's a free kick to um, to Crystal Palace. Yeah. And I mean, if you think also with, with this whole thing with, with how VAR has you know, denied us, I mean, how many times haven't we, uh, you know, it was like, Certain incidents, like incidents leading up to that, I don't benefit us. Look at that with David Lewis. That thing was like looked at what thirty seconds, and this decision, yes. decision was made. And I mean, you could clearly see the guy's heel is clipping David Lewis's knee as they they sprinting for the ball, and there was no intent really to do that. So it's almost like uh, uh, I saw uh, some other, uh, not sorry, Arsenal, some other football fans. I they were Liverpool or or, or Chelsea, or even Tottenham fans. And they were actually saying, you almost like get punished double if you're doing something by accident and doing something, uh, you know, being malicious and, and going violent into a tackle to de- to deny a goal. So now oh, something that is a, as gentle as that, like a little, like a bump or, a, you know, you sometimes legs get entwined and that, then that is almost like you can get a straight red for that. But yet if you now show intent to hurt somebody, then it's like you get the yellow for that. So how does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. And what happened to the double jeopardy rule, you know, where they give a penalty, but if it's not like, you know, a professional type of foul or armor intent, like, you know, they just give the penalty and not the red card. But, I mean, Arsenal clearly seems to be getting the wrong end of the odd every time. Yeah. Then, so in the eighth minute, uh, Eric Peterson eats one of that, if any of the old gooners can remember, one of that naive shots where he just takes a <laughs> shot from about 40 yards. And I mean, at first you think Leno has it like fully under control, like 
it's, it's going to go over. And you just see that balls are dipping and dipping to closer under the bar. And I mean, Leno then makes a fantastic save. Yeah, for the better, it would have really been Leno's um, sweet speed, his blushes, because after that pass to Xhaka and they had to dip him from so far out, it could have been really bad. Yeah, and then 79th minute, Leno again in the thick of it all. He ends up charging down a Chris Wood shot, and I mean, Arsenal again switch off at the back. Really, I mean, sometimes the focus of a team like this that's kind of chasing something or kind of like you know, you want to have a sort of uh, ambition also, like for next season, because look, we're probably going to have majority of, of the same players. I mean, look, we are going to buy and sell probably, but the core of the squad is still roughly going to be the same. And if you see errors like that still not being ironed out, I mean, for me, it, it does get worrying at times. No, it does. We switch off, you know, worse than yeah, a kid in garden, a kindergarten at school, actually, because, I mean, you know, we, 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 we have no attention span to see a game out. We're doing the most silly things at times. Yeah, so then, 80th minute, Arsenal, then all of Thomas Party bring on uh, Danny Ceballos. Um, then, 83rd minute, Arsenal uh, looked to have won a penalty when Pepe ends up striking a shot at uh, goal. Peters, of course, blocks the ball on the goal line at first. I mean, at first I did think it was a penalty because, you know, you just see it hitting like the upper body of somebody. But, I mean, it ends up hitting on, like, you know, roughly on the shoulder when he makes the block. But, I mean, we, after two minutes, we are then with that full check. Now, look, that was now a full two minutes to do the whole check. Yeah. And then they came up with, okay, it was no penalty for Arsenal because it would have been also a lead for uh, Peters as well. So, I mean, they, say, they get saved again. Then the fourth minute of injury time, Sebius ends up eating the post. But sometimes I find also our shots are also <laughs> woeful because even, like, you know, with, with that's the whole thing with, with the Peters thing on the goal line, I think if Pepe hits it to left or right angle, he's scoring a goal, but he hits the ball straight to the guy on the line. So, it, I, I don't know, with all of them, it actually drives me up the wall sometimes. With like Sometimes when you see the, the sort of finishing of Aubameyang also, like, if you compare to what he was bearing last season, and now it's like everything is like straight or, you know, down the throat of a keeper. You're not really, you're not making a keeper work for his money. <laughs> and don't forget the Pepe miss as well when they cross the ball in or the Tierney or something. Like that. He couldn't sort his feet out and he just scuffed him. It's like scuffed the shot yeah. and then it went out for a throw. And I mean, how many chances did we want? It's, you know, like yeah. you, you, you can't blame Arteta at times. You know, like you don't know where the problem is, but can you blame Arteta for that result? I mean, you know, decision-making by players on, on the pitch caused the, the goal. Their players not finishing. I mean, it's not like it's not working. I mean, if players put their chances away, what would the score have been? Maybe 4-5-2 maybe or something? And I mean, it, it, it's also something down to, you know, it's like an error through us that almost like brings the other team back into the into playing the game that, you know, they were totally played off the park and, so that is also something that's really infuriating, and, and you can see it's uh, look. It's going to also lead us into the the Olympiacos Arsenal game of last night. I mean, as, as I'm probably going to say it more at the end of it, but it's again something where you can see the the attack side of our players there, the fluidity is there, but we just don't know when to. You know, like when you watch say City and then when they play, they can like it almost like a light switch. They can attack you and hurt you, and then they'll go back into the shell and, and wait, and 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 almost like. Like you know, when when a when a predator tries to uh, prepare for the second wave or third wave of attacks, they will just rest themselves out and then bang, they come out at you again. 
And we almost like we will pass, pass, pass. And if we don't see the sort of gaps, it's like, okay, back to our half again. We'll, they need to also have somebody that's going to really hurt him because I think that is where, for that, that beginning period, if you remember of last night's game, a lot of Arsenal fans, or even on the, online, were also getting frustrated with Odegaard because he was kind of playing it safe for most of the thing when you were waiting for that probing passes to hurt uh, Olympiacos. But, you know, like what you mentioned, I was like, Arsenal, flip a switch too, you know? Same old Arsenal, frustrating to, you know, slick and passing and moving. It's like, why can't we just be consistent for that entire 90 minutes? I mean, not, I'm not saying we need to play every week like that, but, you know, be consistent, have some sort of consistency. Yeah, and I mean, look, if you control the game also better, then you can also save on, on, on stamina and conditioning. As yes. Well. That's why Man City plays teams off yeah. the park because you can't handle that knocking of the ball, that fluidity of them running into space and stuff. By the time you figure out Man City's game plan on the day, you're 2-0, 3-0 behind and it's too late. And I mean, you know, also you can throw the other direction as well. Where, um, like I was watching the, the what's it, Bayern Dortmund game last week. And I mean, Dortmund went flying to this game and I mean, they raced to it like a 2-0 lead. And I think I still messaged you and I still said, if they, if, if Bayern get a foothold in this game, if if they get even just one goal, like, you know, to, to take them into the half, Bayern is going to run out either, like, you know, four or five, two winners of this game. And I mean, just like that, it kind of played out where second half came out, Bayern, of course, eating them, you know, from all angles and whatever. And I don't mean, bang, 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 bang. It was all over, like, 4-2. And then you think to yourself, now this is how you, like, you know, you build a squad. Because, I mean, everybody, like, and it's not just one person, like, you know, like, we, everybody's always looking at, at, at soccer, but, you know, like, our main striker sometimes complains about uh, not getting service. They are laying things on the plate for him at times, and he's, like, scuffing up shots. And, and, <laughs> and when it, it comes to, also to our midfield, I still feel there is too little goals coming from midfield. And I think that, I mean, if you take, successful Arsenal seasons it's always going to come down to the midfielders helping out that forward so the, each of that forwards normally get like say, say that your main forward gets up to 20 goals uh, the second uh, the, the backup forward gets about close to 10 and then that's like 7 plus 7 plus with the midfielders we're not seeing it from any of them no we, we, we miss our good old Aaron Ramsey at the moment in this team because that's why I mean I, I don't get too controversial now but does it even make sense then to keep somebody like, um, say, Sebius on, uh, on loan? Yeah, Sebius is not impressive. I mean, I mean, I've been a fan of him, but, you yeah. know, he, he, he was, he was, wasn't he brought in to kind of more, you know, kind of add that the eye of the needle passes and, and that, all of that. Yeah, because, I mean, all he's doing is, yeah, sometimes he does work, you know, tracking back in it, but we also need his create, creative side to, you know, boost us with goals and, and I mean, I think you can probably count on one and how many is actually contributed in goals. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I think we needed that that save as we saw versus Burnley in the opening of the 2019-20 season, where he was kind of you know running the show from the attacking midfield point of view. But you know, like you said, he works hard, but I think he kind of needs two defensive mids maybe behind him, like a party and Shaka, and maybe you can slot him there. Maybe he can do it, uh, add a different dynamic because he'll work off the ball and hopefully he'll try the interplay passes. So, I mean, Arsenal that start the game, you know, also right on the money from the first whistle. Uh, Tierney ends up, you know, 
doing a birthing run past Kenny Lala, the uh, the right back of, of uh, Olympiacos. You know, he cuts the ball and back to Odegaard. And I mean, I think the Norwegian was almost like, like over-cautious times to strike the ball. And I mean, he ends up scuffing it past the post. Yeah, but Arsenal was slowly starting to, you know, get, like you said, a foothold in the game and starting to control the first half. And, you know, it started looking quite promising for Arsenal to make the breakthrough. Yeah, and then the seventh minute, Bellerin ends up whooping across in Aubameyang. And I mean, this is where I said, you know, Arsenal, we, we really do need a sort of forward that's aerially strong. Because, yeah, yes, yeah. Aubameyang, that was like a stock standard header that any of us could do. But he's hitting like straight at the keeper. Of course, the keeper did not tip it onto the bar. But I'm thinking, you take a Jamie Vardy or somebody like that, they are angling that header into one of their yes. goals to make it even more difficult for that keeper. And, and, and like, I, I had a bad feeling when that header came and I thought, oh, no, we're going to continue doing this chances because, I mean, we've been in, in this Europa League, we were lucky versus Benfica. And I thought, is this going to be the same uh, same story as um, when we played at the away league? Yeah. So, the 21st minute, Odegaard then gets surrounded by a couple of Olympiacos players, you know, kind of sort of like doing a high press. Because I think, they, as I, I think the commentator also mentioned, you could see they were watching of that, that Burnley-Arsenal game because they were actually playing exactly the same sort of style as well, like, you know, with the high press. So, I mean, he ends up kind of panicking. He uh, ends up under-eating his pass to Gabriel. And, I mean, Bruma then intercepts the ball and fires low, but, I mean, Leno makes a good save. Yeah, and I had my heart in my mouth at that point because I really felt butterflies in this game because every Europa League game for me, it was like a cup final now. It's like, you know, it's almost against, when you play the Premier League games, it's almost like, you know, you want to win, but whatever happens, happens because you don't know. You, we could win all our games for the rest of the season in the Premier League. You, just, you don't know where it's going to end up, you know. But in the Europa League, we know where the, the end goal takes us. So, yeah, when, when Leno went down to make that save, I was like, OK, you know, we still we still got this. In the 34th minute, Thomas Partey ends up playing a ball to Odegaard. Ian cuts inside. And out of the blue, the little Norwegian ends up letting fly from about 35 yards. And I mean, it's a, in the, like, you know, a bending rocket, which, I mean, the keeper kind of gives himself in a sort of traditional <laughs> muddle. And I mean, he ends up almost like half-fisting the ball into his own net. One no Arsenal. You know, the Norwegian was almost like, he struck that like a lightning bolt. Yeah, it was, it flew in there, even though, uh, look, I could have taken the goal, saw his head off if the ball had to eat him in there. He did so much venom. But I mean, for me, when you see the sort of cock-up that, that, that Saar made there, it was almost like he was trying to do, you know what, what Martinez did that time when we let it, the crazy game against Reading. It's Reading, yeah. We tried to do the whole for the camera save and I mean, <laughs> like just overcomplicating things. So now we're going to the lead and I mean, you think to yourself, okay, now I just see it out to often, but okay, David Lewis didn't get the script. He ends up trying to play. What was it to the post? Could you even figure that out? That he was no, I, I don't know what that he was trying. And I mean, that Matsuura is a ball and breaks the human. I mean, he ends up kind of choking. And he, you know, just ends up wildly strike. Because I think a cooler head from him. Yes. Yes, he, he, he finished it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that could have, he would have finished that. He could have, but like those who play FIFA, the all, it's all, it's all one and, and shoot to try to kill the ball in. But I mean, he, he clearly put too much bend. Or he looked for it to go too far out wide. But. Yeah, that was very lucky. We could have been really punished for that. Yeah. So then we go into the second half. Uh, you know, the 
like I think the Greeks then end up making two subs already at half time because I mean they were. I mean, there was like actually just one direction like, the way the game was going. And I mean, we were making more of cock up. Like, you know, we were almost like our own worst enemy because we were actually giving them the, the only two opportunities of that half. So, yeah, we did end up bringing Thomas Party off. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you had a niggle or. Yeah, I also or, wonder what was that about. Or in preparation of the North London derby, but he ends up coming off and Sebios comes on. Oh. When that happens, uh, it was almost a disaster waiting to happen when. Uh, yeah. Leno, once again, he plays it to, to, to Sebeos, who, I don't know, you know, couldn't sort his feet out, nipped the ball, and uh, to, to be honest with you, once they took the ball of Sebeos, I thought to myself, I think this is a goal. Like, uh-huh. I, 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 like I like watched it happen, and the guy just, what's the, 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 the striker's yeah, name? Oh, yes, uh-huh. he, he just looks up, and he's the shot, and you see Leno diving at full stretch, and Ball going in, and, and I, I was probably ready to give up on Arsenal at that point. Like, I, I was like looking at like around, like, is this real? Is this really happening? Like, how much times are we going to make the exact same mistake? It's actually ridiculous. Then, uh, 10 minutes later, Randalovic ends up crossing the ball low. Arsenal, you know, kind of everybody misses the cross. El Arabi then ends up forcing, like, you know, forcing a shot at the Arsenal goal. Bellerin somehow, I mean, I don't even think he knows about it, but I mean, he ends up just deflecting the ball wide. Another warning sign for Arsenal. Yeah, uh, flashbacks, even though the home leg we never, we, I mean, the away leg we never lost last in, but I think flashbacks of Olympiacos and what they did to us in the Europa League. But, you know, mm-hmm. credit where it's due to Arsenal. They kept on plugging away at um, the likes of Olympiacos. Yeah, so the ninth minute, William then ends up whooping a corner. The whole Greek squad actually just stands in ball watch of Olympiacos. And I mean, Gabriel ends up, you know, coming in with a, you know, good uh, run on him. Ends up out jumping Jan Via and then it's a looping header. 2 1 Arsenal. I love those looping headers. I just you know, watch it in slow motion. And I think, yeah. you know, uh, I, I celebrated that goal because oh, it, it, it meant a lot to me getting that second away goal. You know, because sometimes it, 2-1 works much better than a 1 dollar away goal because now you must, you know, your opposition has to work away from home. And, and personally, I was ready to settle for that um, um, 2-1 result, especially when Arteta brought on Alneni. I thought, okay, he's going to slow the game down, shore things up, and try to take us 2-1 home to the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal made a triple sub in the 82nd minute. Odegaard, Saka, William coming off, and Alneni, Pepe, and Smith Rowe coming on. So, yeah, and then he ends up getting the ball on just about the halfway line and starts doing the surging run. And now I'm thinking to myself, is anyone going to take all this guy? <laughs> and then you see he, he's like, you know, venturing forward and he's going and he's, and he's still check. Nobody's coming in to close him down. And I think he's about 25 yards out and he just thought, like, I'm going to just leather the shot now. And I mean, the ball, in, the ball ends up just fading past Sa and hitting the pace of the post and going in. 3-1 Arsenal. Oh, what a goal it was. Really unexpected, and I was really um, impressed with that goal. And I think you know Arsenal did very well from from, from giving that goal away to actually you know to, um, getting that three away goals and and, and gi- giving us kind of more of a cushion coming to the Emirates. Yeah, but I mean, I, I still hope you know we we go you know flat out against them you know going into the game. And I mean that, that also then leads me to the to the um, home leg that we're gonna play at the Emirates. Um, I still think, you know, stick to the game plan because, I mean, we already showed that we can, you know, dominate the boss. I just think 
ruthlessness gets us over the line here because if you think we still got, again, I'm not sure if there's that, that break, international break is still coming up or if we still have to face uh, Liverpool leading up to the game. But I still think we need to, you know, kind of put a game like this to bed early and then you know, you know, you can keep your, your you know, you can put your guys already in cotton wool for the weekend game. So yeah. A result of and done with them. I agree 100% because it's going to be a tough run of fixtures because, like, you know, we're touching on the Olympiacos game, but before that we get Spurs and then after after that we get West Ham away and then Liverpool. So, you know, I, I think Arsenal need to maybe, you know, start strong the second leg, you know, maybe get at one or two goals and, you know, then you can rest your players, take your Bamiyang, Saka's or the Take the whole, your 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 top guys off, put them in cotton wool because you know your job is done. And Olympiacos will have to score what four goals in, yeah. in the in the emergency if we get two goals. So you know job is far from over. But I think if Arsenal can go with that same game plan, you know take it serious and not you know dally dally and go there with cockiness. You know you yeah. can see the the game through. But you know sandwich between. The, the the second leg is uh, North London derby against Spurs, a full firing Gareth Bale, Son and and um, Harry Kane. Yeah, tenth versus seventh. Um, you know Spurs haven't now lost to Arsenal in the last five meetings. They've won three and they've drawn drawn three against, uh, drawn two against us. So I mean they are really you know in, in the mood. And I mean they also quite a free scoring team. Um, nine goals in the last three for them. And I mean, with us, we like four goals in the last three games. Yeah, and, uh, we're really struggling. I think Mourinho always seems to have our number. So I really would like to, to you know, get one on him and, and, and shut him up, especially for this, you know, what, what they've done to us in the past two North London derbies. Yeah, and I mean, they have got, you know, the rub of the green constantly now against us. And I mean, we just don't see up to that level that they are at the moment. And I mean, look, uh, Harry Kane is now 16 goals already and uh, the top goal scorer then Sonny at 13 then you've got like a big gulf between like you know second and third we also like with us you got Lacazette with nine and you got Aubameyang with nine but I think where it, it really matters also is like with the assist tally Harry Kane 13 assists for the season in the league uh, Son nine assists and then I mean with Arsenal it's William with five and Smith with <laughs> four I know, I mean, we've been hammering on William all the time, but I mean, you know, sometimes it's more just about, more than the assists, but the overall gameplay, but it does seem like William is stepping up a bit, but does, does, does Arteta start like is it in this game, or, or, or what's your thinking, I mean, what does like is it need to do to start? I mean, I don't know, because I, I just don't get used thinking, because look, you and I were not talking about, uh, like when we started the podcast with a well, the way the decision making would have been, like you know, Lacazette is playing in the in the Leicester game, and then of course he's now dropped almost like back to back games again. So you're thinking like, now nah, how are you gonna, you know, make any sense of all this? Because look, you also want him because he also brings a different uh, sort of mindset and gameplay to whichever formation we play. Because I mean, his older players like very good, and I mean he's normally. You know, doing the sort of uh, off the ball runs, which kind of opens up space for everybody, everybody else in the field. And I mean, his link up play also with Smith Rowe is fantastic at the moment. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what, what's what's the issue with Lacazette? I mean, he's not playing bad. Like, what does he need to do to get a, a start or win his place back again? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we, I don't know. Maybe we also too sentimental on the guy because look, he's talk of him also being uh, probably on the 
the you know transfer list for for the summer. Like we we're gonna probably get the younger, uh, almost like a supposed like an upgrade on on a on a center forward. Then. Because I mean, you know, all fairness, I, I enjoyed Lacazette and what he's done for the club. I'm not saying we're letting him go. It sounds like we, you know, are saying goodbye to him. But mm-hmm. it's just like he never hit that heights that we saw at at at, at Lyon. It's like you know, he flat. He, there was those moments in his in his Arsenal career. I think Emery's first season, where he was you know firing the ball into the back of the net. But it just, I don't know. I just seem to have not have clicked for Arsenal. I'm not sure. Maybe. The Premier League was a, a league for him, or or but you know, I really hope he, he can come you know in the season strong and help us towards that uh, some some sort of Champions League football. Because I mean, I know he came to Arsenal probably to play Champions League, and I don't think he's, he's stepped on with the Champions League anthem playing in the background yet. I just think it's like you know, it's a bit of you don't know when you come from league, uh, it's like are you gonna sink or are you gonna swim, and it's it's like. I mean, uh, I think we, you and I, as much as we watch Arsenal play in that, we all also did start getting worried in that, even in the early periods of his career where he would play well and, the, and then they come up against, you know, like, say, the big four, the big six or whatever, and you see almost like he looks shell-shocked or he just, the game just passes him by because the sort of tempo that even him, and like, I'm not just saying him, but I mean, it goes for the squad as well, but it's like, they just can't keep... Up with it. And I mean, this also leads me now to, like, you know, as we now running off the podcast, it's like, you know, uh, you know, a person love Arsenal, no? like, you know, till the day I die. But it's like, when you see what's happening now, it's like you're watching an Arsenal squad. I mean, I mean, I just hope this can be fixed, but I mean, you're watching an Arsenal squad that's, you know, in a mid table position, playing like a mid table team because yeah. the, the sort of reputation a mid table team gets is like, yeah, we're going to sometimes shock a Man City. We're going to shock a Liverpool or a Chelsea or them. But then, you know, when, when all that, you know, almost like when the dust settles again, bang, we're going to end up losing to Burnley. We lose to Wolves. We lose to, uh, you know, say Sheffield United, we drop points. And then, and that is where you start seeing that you almost like at a certain level where, you know, you have to, I don't know, somehow, the, that's why the, I think the club as, as a whole, like the, the ownership also needs to also like think, okay, look, as much as my, like we want to be a self-sustaining club, we also have to go the extra way also where extra fun, funds can come in. And we sort of get the sort of players that, you know, say would make us, take us back to being great again. Because, I mean, I just find it ridiculous where we're in a, a situation where, you know, you want to reach those heights and you can see Arsenal, like, instead of not showing us as fans, we want to get to that height, they're more interested in launching training kids every three months. How is, I mean, honestly, how is that going to help the course? Because you know that money is not all going to be invested in players. Because I can guarantee you if, if that was going to be the approach and on Arsenal fans are going to say, okay, if you're going to now you know, do that, uh, like we're going to sh- be now open with us and, and say, okay, we're going to bring in a sort of team that's going to get us top four. And I don't, I don't mean top six anymore. I mean top four going, gunning for it now, finally big and also spending big, then I don't think there would be any qualms with any fan anywhere in the world to say, okay, we're going to you know, put our money into the club in this direction. I think it's all about Arsenal getting the top four. I think, you know, in the past, you know, with the Wenger regime, top four was a, was, was actually, you know, taken for granted. And, and I'm one person who said always, I'll rather take a trophy than top four. I'm tired of just top four on the trophy. And, you know, he delivered that for us eventually. Three trophies and still top four. Until eventually falling out, but 
It just seems that Arsenal need top four to get to back where they were. Look at Liverpool. They were, you know, they were nowhere at the one stage. You know, we were always top pipping them to the yeah. top four or wherever. But it took them, you know, the club coming in and then, you know, ending the Europa League final, getting knocked out. And then, you know, they, they, they went and bought Sadio Mane. Who, who came from Southampton, you know, looking at the lower league, I'm uh, not lower league, the, the teams that, you know, you so-called beneath Arsenal. And, you know, Mane always caused Arsenal problems. They, they went out for 30 million, which is not much for Mane if you look now. But they bought somebody from a team in the Premier League who could make them better. And that helped them ultimately push to that top four spot. You got top four spot, you are able to attract a guy like Salah from Roma. Also, 36 million top signing to the team, and you able to sign uh, uh, Alison Becker and uh, uh, Van Dyke. I mean, those are things that come with top four. So, Arsenal need to kind of prioritize getting the top four by hook or by crook. And yeah, that's just what I have to say about that. I mean, like for me, we, we Arsenal as a club is like you know, failed us as, as, as fans. It's like, look, when you started seeing teams like. Everton are already surpassing you with, with like the finances. Um, Tottenham are now on a consistent level already, even with uh, moving out of the stadium to rebuild that, that current one and then moving back into it and still going through the transition phase of the new stadium. And they're still, you know, getting themselves not only over the line, but getting their nose ahead of us. So, I mean, for me, it's like there was already the warning signs and it's almost like the board itself almost like, they, they're more watchers than actually doers. And I think that is what we need. We need actually people to say, look, that's how I said, I think a while back to you, if we want to really be serious about all this, you sort of strip that board of, you know, what we currently have. And you bring in people that are almost like that want to win, even if you have to, you know, get, uh, you know, on the bad side of other clubs. But then you nab a couple of, uh, you know, like, uh, like foot, not only football scouts, but you go, like, you know, like, like uh, almost like CEOs, you get a, 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 a sort of technical director. That, that's almost like, it's not going to take shit. I mean, look at that, that woman of, of Chelsea, uh, their CEO. I mean, yeah. she don't take no for answer. I mean, if she wants a player and then she's going to go get it. And I mean, uh, if Roman or whatever tells her, whatever, you like, she gets them. Or whatever yeah. is, uh, is there, they get them. But with, with us, so it's like, mm, uh, I'm not sure. And, yeah. and that, every time we're doing that little stalling, I mean, we saw this with the Wenger era as well. The minute you stall, the other teams jump and jump and jump. And that's why they end up nabbing almost all that places we were always after. Yeah, you always hear, oh, no, we were this close to signing this yeah. player and this player. I'm sick and tired of being, you know, also almost, almost. I mean, sign the players, get it done. If it doesn't work, you sell them and so you move on. But take the risk to, to go for it. You know, don't count all the pennies and stuff like that because at the end of the day, look at us now. We're struggling. You know, there's no Champions League. There's revenue from the Champions League that can give you the boost. And these days, players want to play Champions League. So, you know, how long is Saka going to take before he's like, you know, I want to go play Champions League instead of playing here. Gabriel, all these guys. Because, I mean, also, look at the sort of signings. Like, we, you know, you're rather going to go into something that's in demand and you're going to put that extra, you stump up the extra cash to get that player that's in demand. Whereas, you look at someone like, like, uh, like no disrespect to him now, but I mean, you look at someone like Pepper, we end up going for, what was it, 72 million for him? Yeah. And yet, was there a real scrap for him? 
No. It came almost like we could get him without even breaking the sweat. We could get it. It was just the the fee almost like it was more inflated by the clubs or by the club than like you know to get this deal over the line. Whereas I would have understood if everybody was like you know really almost like off banging down the door of Lille to get Pepe at all costs. Then nobody gave two shits. Honestly, sorry to say, but they it just shows you we almost like have well like you know all way to just go for this guy. No. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it shows Arsenal's thinking. I mean, uh, and I know it's two years apart or three years apart, but you can get Salah or Mane for 30 and 36 million, but we pay 72 million for Pepe. You could have literally got both of those guys for the same price. And Arsenal signed Xhaka for 30 odd million. Kante could have gone for 30 million. So it's like, you know, Arsenal just don't have that ruthless streak. Yeah. You know, what, 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 what one season Stop will probably be. Sorry? Yes, 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 yes. Oh my word, yes. Don't forget about that. But I think where Arsenal lacked that ruthlessness and tried to be too clever for themselves, you look at Luis Suarez. That season when he before he went to Barcelona, can you imagine Arsenal had pipped him to come and and join with Mesut Özil, with um, Aaron Ramsey in form? I'm sure we could have won the title and who knows who else we would have attracted. Alexis Sanchez and co. So, you know, you, you look at Arsenal and say, like, the decision we make sometimes has knockover effects in the future. Oh, you pull the trigger also the same way with, with Jamie Vardy. Why wait around? Yes, exactly. It, it, was all, it was all talk, talk. And I mean, by the time we were the long, it was like with, say, with Jamie Vardy, the long that talk dragged on. Even doubt started sitting in his mind. And that is why he ended up thinking, okay, then I'll rather just sit, put it up. And now his decision, you know, he has now validation with his decision because. They, I mean, they already, you know, they, they also flying the league. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really sad to see that Leicester are flying mm-hmm. higher than Arsenal at the moment and won a league title in that. Yeah, so with that, in the podcast, we hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. Hope we get the three points and beat Spurs again, finally. <laughs> <laughs>